Hey y'all, it's your girl Gray, and today we have got a special guest, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Dell, and we're gonna be talking about dating in Portland while a black out gay man. So I know some of y'all already got your tea, your tea done spilt out your mouth because you sipping on it, you ready for us to spill that tea, and you're like, ooh, yeah, so put your ears up close because we're going to hear about a different perspective than what we've heard about from the last two shows. And today we're going to explore what it's like to date while black and gay in a progressive city like Portland. Is it truly as progressive as people say it is? Are there some underlying issues that aren't being addressed? And how does this correlate to the experience of my fellow black women here who have a lot of things to say about dating culture? And we're going to see if we've got some similarities, some differences, or if it's just all together a whole new world. So with that in mind, I want Dell to introduce himself um, in a manner that's comfortable to him. And then if he don't give y'all enough details, don't you worry. I'm going to come up behind and I'm going to ask them questions. We're all dying to know the answers to. So Dell, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Are you local? Are you from here? How long have you been here in PDX? And, uh, you know, how long have you been openly dating men? Have you always been dating men? Maybe you've got an experience of dating both men and women. What are your preferences? So you just start, and I'm going to interject myself when I see fit. Well, that's a lot. You like what I did there? Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, thank you for introducing me to the world of your podcast. Okay. Hey, people. Uh, Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, Well, as you said, my name is Dale. Uh, I have been openly out and dating men for the past five years, but that's not how I came into it. Um, I was on the download for a few years. I did, I was bisexual for a few years, kind of figuring that stuff out. Um, as soon as I found out who I was, I just owned that identity, and hey, I'm here now. Um, as far as Portland and some of the questions about it being progressive, um, just as a black male, uh, you see all these things about, like, Portland being like the most progressive and liberal place you've ever seen, but as you get here, you're like, whoa. Like, yeah, you are progressive and liberal, but I always have to question like what you're progressing and what you're being liberal about. Uh, we know race is not that, but it uh, makes a lot of white folks here very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me laugh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at so far as just living <laughs> and okay. being in the place. But I've been here for six years now, so like I'm kind of Yeah, that's the magic number. That's how long I've been here as well. That's also the number of the mark of the beast. Um, And so let's not get distracted by such things. I'm going to give you some other numbers. And so in... You like that? You see what I did there? So in 2015, Mm -hmm. in the Oregonian, Casey Parks, a writer who I've actually met before, who is fantastic, she wrote a piece... There you go. You never know. Hey, that's right. So they, thank you for that, wrote that 5.5% of adults in the region identify as LGBT. Um, They forgot the Q, the I, and the A, but it was 2015, so it was before we added maybe some more of those identities into the greater community. And I myself, I thought that that was a small number. I thought 
I was like 5.5% of all of the Portland metro area, including like Beaverton, Hillsborough, Gresham, Tiger, like all of that space, only 5.5%. Do you think this is a realistic number? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I think it's hard to believe that we're like in one of the top 10 tourist cities in the nation. We're actually like number three or number four yeah. after San Francisco and Austin. Yeah, but so. comes with the policies we have here too. Uh, okay. And with the budget system. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, also Oregon is like number number one as far as like the state in advocacy when it comes to specific laws that end up putting in the books. Okay. Um, so I do know one thing is that we just passed the driver's license um, bill, which you can now uh, be able to choose if you're non-binary. Uh, that's wonderful. That's your sex. Uh, I think we're like one of two other states that have done that. Absolutely. It's not the first. Um, so I think that that's really cool, and I think that's why we kind of get the rap for being um, one of the more liberal mm-hmm. uh, metro tourist cities in the nation is because we advocate for policies like that. Um, as well as when it comes to like healthcare mm-hmm. um, and familiarly, you know, when people don't take things and how uh, you address those issues with an advanced lens. Okay. Um, also, to address the LGBT thing there, federally, that's how they uh, use it. They only use those uh, four uh, because they're also thinking about the word queer mm-hmm. uh, and how that word is used generationally. Okay. Um, amongst folks. So, like, when we think about some of our older gay folks in the community, like our older LB- LGBTQ folks in the community, that could be, when you think about it in comparison to, nope, not even going to say that. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Self-censoring, not, okay. Well, no, because it's, like, it's interesting because I'm gay and black. So, it's, like, yes. when I think about that, I'm, like, you know, should I know I don't want to be called a queer, but also I don't identify as queer. Yeah. Uh, so I and in the community, offensive word, as someone... Mom, but not to as someone outside the community looking in, I know that in my friend group, I find that people who are going by queer as their identity or as the label, mm-hmm. a lot of times those are my black and brown mm-hmm. female identifying folks that want to be called queer. And I think that that's a great sort of segue into talking about dating, right? Mm-hmm. So we've kind of created this landscape here. We're talking about the culture of the city legislatively, the culture of the city even um environmentally right there's the space that's definitely being made for different identities and all identities in this great city of portland oregon but when the rubber meets the road what does that actually mean because we're at this macro level i want us to go into this micro level right i'm trying to yeah you know what so i want to hear what does that mean yeah we have policies that um recognize and respect same-sex unions and people can now have their partners receive their insurance policies or get to you know fall under whatever medical insurance policy that they do have if they and they can have children together children can fall under a group of a family with same-sex partners great but what does that mean for actually trying to get there right so for so when you were as you've lived your life how have you 60 years here tell me who you been dating who you been hitting and where did you find them give me this tea okay okay 
whoever dates whoever his. That's a lot. Yeah. But also, I signed up for this. And, yeah, and you know, and you can <laughs> come up with creative names. You don't need to. You don't need to oh, give I'll us the. You don't need. Put their names yeah, don't give us like the last four social. Uh, uh, we don't need you don't none. Want the last four? I mean, if you're gonna give me the last four digits of the social, I'm not, I will. I'm not that kind of stalky in my relationship. I would also need their home address and their phone number, because how else? Exactly. How else am I gonna track them? Right. Okay. But so tell me. So tell me, for instance, when you first got here. Okay. You were out at the time. No. no you were no. you were running on DL at the time. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what dating is like there. Right, so if you oh, are there, not there out, there is no dating there. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, is, so what does that? Sex. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So you were a black is... man in these streets on the DL, which we all know that's a stereotype of a lot of black men. Which you know what yeah, I? But there are streets of stereotypes. Let us open the door to also have a parallel conversation Let's here about the culture. Okay. In the sense of, I personally am always given black people and diasporan people of the African descent, some side eye, in our lack of openness for different identities when we think of where we've come from. The many tribes that comprised our ancestors who came forward, there were lots of space for different kinds of identities. They had dual sexed identities. They had homosexuality in these tribal settings mm-hmm. and it, no one was batting an eye. The Greeks weren't the first gays. And uh, you know what? Uh, it, I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. They took it to a whole nother oh unacceptable level, right? Exactly. That's, that's and Catholic shit. and oh, we will not be calling out nobody's denomination or religion, but, you know, but they have had a history of problems with this. But I, I tee that up to say, I tee that up to say, over oh, you over. Please excuse me, peace be with you all. Okay. And, also okay. And we just had Easter, so you need to, you know, you need to okay. pump them breaks. There you, you, that's right. Amen. Okay, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to stop. I'm um, But so, so I'm curious to know, I'm curious to know, like, with this in mind, right, as you're kind of living your life a little bit undercover, which everyone has the right to do what they wish to do, especially when it comes to their love life, um, living your life undercover, how do you even find people to have adult relations with, right? Because, like, do you, were you using apps? Were you using, were you using a dating service? Were you using, like, what kind of, what kind of tools were you using to find people then? And then when you eventually came out, what kinds of tools or venues or opportunities did you have to meet more people? Okay, so, like, let me just break down the terminology real fast. Now, I didn't get a chance to come out. I was out. So, that's period. Uh, that's we'll, unfortunate. We'll address that in a later episode. Yes, we will. I'm pretty sure you'll find a way to tie that back to something else later. Uh, but also, um, it was very quick. Like, I knew who I was. Um, I just finally came to terms with myself and stopped lying to myself. So, um, so it was a very brief stint of that here. But also, to go back to what you were saying about DL, um, change your lens about that because it is not only African-American people. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think DL is a very universal, if it's not a universal term, it is very, very universal in its practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that was a lot of my experience when I first got here. Um, is just like, it's really weird because I come from like the sports world too. So I kind of got like this mix of the alpha male culture versus the gay culture and you finding yourself somewhere in between as if you don't fit in with either. So it's like, as I try to identify with who I really am, it's like, damn, I don't really, 
identify with like a, a lot of the culture over here. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun. Um, I identify with this group, but not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm finding my way. But as far as dating is concerned, yeah, went straight to the dating apps. The number one for me at the time was Grinder. Yes, and for our listeners who do not know what Grinder is, can you, in two sentences or less, explain Grinder? Okay, for the culture and for the audience, that's it's right. Like black people meet, but for gay people. Um, yes, but also also it depends on how you kind of want to dive into the dating pool because it's not just like you can find people you want to date on there, but. People go there to definitely know if y'all trying to hook up, especially yes. what time you are. Like, you know, booty call hours, 11 to 4. For me, I don't know. You know, I think for most people, I think booty call hours are universal, yeah, no? I yeah. message at 11.30, like, are you up? Like, duh. Like, we already know what this is. And I would say maybe after 10, <laughs> if it's a weekday and you, after 10 p.m., those are booty call hours on a weekday. Well, I'd still be out of jail, but, well, I used to be out of jail. No, you need to be home sleeping. Okay, come on now. We we need our sleeps. Not no, we cannot. No, we are all old. There you go. Okay, so you were using Grinder, and so for those of us who are not with the culture and don't know about BlackPeopleMeet.com, um, Grinder then would be also synonymous with Tinder. This idea that you're like you're using this app for. You're not necessarily looking for a soulmate. You're not looking for like a love connection either, because like. I wish it was like we had that swipe feature. Yeah. Well, okay. What's Grinder look like? What's the inner like? What's the experience of using it? So it's kind of like here's your profile. Here's a few words. Like tell me more about yourself. Interested in like it's interesting. It has it's very vain too. So it's like your face, uh, your height, body shots, <laughs> your body size. Yeah. Oh, also body. Well, actually, it is like a lot of body shots. It's just like it's either abs or yes. Are here for here is very interesting. It's like it's interesting using this app throughout the country. So it's like, uh, yes. down in California, SoCal, it's different because it's like you either get abs or like a really good face or like a picture on the beach. Here it's like everyone likes to hike. <laughs> like, okay, take do you pictures have pictures in the mountains and like? Do you have people? So is it the same thing that's happening on the dating apps on the like the straight side where like every dude got a fish? Or he got like a rifle, oh, yes. or he well, is also, like standing in front of like these giant trees that he just sawed down, looking like Paul Bunyan. So, yes, and okay, yes, yes no, and okay. It's actually, it's is it the same? Very similar because Tinder also has uh, an option for you to choose which sex you would like to see. Yeah, so I've actually been on Tinder. Okay, um, and I've done a few Tinder dates. They're very interesting. Oh, let me. I'm gonna make a little note to myself. Yeah. Tinder so, dates. Uh, I just didn't like it because I just felt <laughs> it got to a moment where I was like, "Damn, I'm doing more pain on this." But I am on Grinder because I'm just like no, swipe it. No, no, that's right. You, that's no, right. no. Oh, oh, let's see some more pictures. Like, uh huh. Like, yeah. No. Like, so did you, so did you meet folks on either Grinder or Tinder? You said you went on some Tinder dates. We're gonna come back to that. On Grinder, did you did it serve the purpose in your life, and who did you meet? Um, yes, and a lot of folks. So um, were these people black, brown, Hispanic, white, Asian? Okay, so this is the only place multiracial, life, multi-ethnic. This is the only place in my life where I really started to hear like diversity as a thing because I'm used to it. So like okay. <laughs> places where I live, we were like talking more like. They were talking about inclusion before you had a term for inclusion. Like you said, and where and are you? You want to tell us where you're from originally? I'm from Southern California. Okay. Yeah. 
Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Southern California is a melting so pot. Fair, you have fair. all kinds of people. But back down there, I like I I used to always date when I dated outside of my race. It was always with another person of color. Um, I okay. Also dated women down there as well. Um, I dated a, like two white girls down there, but like a lot of like Latinos and black people as well. Okay. Um, but that's also where I was around. Um, but here, it's like you just have a plethora of white people. Um, but also in the gay community, you have different, like, you have tribes, which is very funny. Um, I know what I'm attracted to, but it's it's been changing. So halt! Like, Can we, <laughs> let's, let's, like, flip it out and reverse it. It's your, <laughs> it's your, yeah! Because nobody know what Missy Elliott is saying in that song. Missy, if you are listening, one day hopefully you will be. We love you. That song is still tight, okay? It's been 20 years later, and it's still, it still hits. Tell me about these tribes. You know I came looking for some tea and how you hold oh, out on me. Oh my gosh, so the tribes. Okay. Yes. So I guess I would, I don't know, because I would even be considered. What would you tribe? define as a, a so a, a, when you say tribe. Probably a bear. No, I'm not a bear because I don't have a belly. Wait, time out. Are these tribes only animals? Wait, hold up, hold up. No, they're not animals. In so two sentences like, or less, heard, what is a tribe in the like, gay scene? So it's, it's like. It's like a box to put you in within the gay world. So it's kind of like being LGBT. No, it's not a group of transphobes. So it's kind of like, um, shit. Is this like when you're in high school and it's time for you to sit at a lunch table and yes, you've got yes, jocks, theater, exactly you've got like geeks, you've got it's you've got that. like let the me, goth kids, break, you got wait, down. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, let's see how we're doing on time. I know y'all are probably like leaning in trying to get whatever Dell's about to tell us next but I want to make sure we're doing good on time alright okay. so we're still doing good on time so okay so we have an analogy it's like a high school lunchroom where you got all these different groups who all hang out together sit together party together mob together so right also, this was new to me like, okay um, when I first like went to this like because I'm on this cusp okay because I'm on like this cusp it's like it's, it's very interesting but um what I learned more about, I just started laughing because I'm like, Jesus, which one of these, you know, tribes got there? I'm more in like the jock slash like pub. Okay, so I want you to give me a list of the tribes, and then I know once again everybody leaning in. They like, let me know what tribe I'm in, okay. and then we're gonna take a pause and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk to you for another twenty minutes. So for those of you listening, we're about to get this rundown on these tribes, and then we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back for another juicy twenty minutes with Dell because okay. this is a riveting, y'all. Okay, so give us a, a break. Break so, down these tribes. So you got like your cubs, your okay. otters. Okay. So a cub would be like. So a cub is like a baby bear. So you have a bear. They're like hairy. Okay. Like, so my bear right here would probably, I don't know, he got hair on his chest and his body. And his okay, so hairy those dudes are, is bears. Are, they're hairy like chubby dudes. So like oh. bears, like raw, you know. Okay, so like bears. they got big chest, yeah. maybe a little bit of a gut, and they got some like, hairs. Not okay. Too fat, but some of them got big Yeah, okay, all right. Like, I feel like we should create a new tribe for those people. Okay, okay. and then so a baby bear is uh, what, like the slim physique version yeah, of this? Okay, so okay, so cubs is like younger, uh, leaner. But even in not the as black you got animals too. You got your wolf, who's that? Oh, you know, uh, woo! Yes, tell me, we got wolves. You have your otters, which okay. are essentially like a, a hairy little twink. So you have twinks. Those are just like skinny little 
Pause right there. That's juicy stuff. I know you're not done with your list. I wrote down some stuff, so no, I'm gonna. That's it. I'm gonna like, that's all I really Is that what we got? Like, okay. Oh, you got muscular. And then okay. Jump. We're gonna come back and we're gonna actually delve into a little bit more about these tribes, where you fit in, and what tribes you're trying to date. We're gonna come back in a couple of minutes, and we are just gonna continue. The amount of tea that has been spilled already. This feel like maybe we just in a tea room swimming in tea. So we're gonna come back. And we're gonna, you might, we might need a life raft up in here. Um, cause it's about to get real juicy when we talk about these tribes. So for those of y'all listening, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right. So now we back. For those of you who were listening the first half of the show, you know that we got to the juiciest morsel of the just most delicate part of the pastry, okay? So we were talking about the tribes within gay culture here in Portland. And I personally was fascinated because everybody sounds like a damn animal. They got otters, they got cubs, they got bears, they got baby bears, they got wolves. Growl, okay. Roar, okay. We got creatures. I feel like I might be at some kind of sexy petting zoo. So I want to hear about these wolves. I love wolves personally. Okay. And I thought you did a great job of explaining, like, bears um, and how otters... You mentioned otters were twinks. So I want us to break down some of these definitions for the folks who are not in the culture, right? Myself included. We don't know some of this terminology. So break it down and then tell us what tribe you're in and what tribe that you were rolling with. Like, who were you... Who are you hitting and then who were you dating? Because I have a feeling that the tribes you were having some fun with are going to be different than the tribes that you have built a life with. So go ahead. Oh. Take it from me from the top. Damn, so you're right. Um, so, oh. Uh, so, I am attracted to twinks. I don't know. I like people smaller than me. Okay. A little bit more thinner, but also, you know have like some little abs going on i really i'm, I'm not that's wait okay thing. so so let's see so is a um, twink gonna have the body type of like let's say a shorter um no they don't they're not always short, short. they're tall like, so 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 maybe like an olympic figure skater like lean muscular obviously very strong but on the slender side yes so okay. it would be like that and more like a swimmer okay or, okay yeah. so a lance armstrong type yeah. Okay. Well, yes and no. Minus maybe some of the doping issues. Yeah. But okay, cool. Because they only smoke weed, but like from like here up. Okay. <laughs> okay, so from the chest up. Or no, no, no. From the chest up, not really my thing. Or neck up. Like neck up. Okay. And that's just me being vain. Uh, okay, but like that's welcome. part of like you know, you know. And so, what is the culture? Well, like, what would you say is twink culture? Are they maybe a little more traditionally feminine? Are they maybe just more refined or polished? Like you know. Maybe the otters are going to always be very well-dressed. They're going to have good color coordination. Like, what are otters doing? Nah, because you can be any one of those things and still be sloppy. Um, Damn! Okay, there it is. I think it's it's more physical attributes than not. Okay. Um, So, like I was saying earlier, like, hair on the, the chest, being chubby, like, that'll make you more of a bear. But the reason why you can be a, a otter is because you're kind of like you're hairy, but you got that twink figure. Okay. So like it's just more like the figure. Man, um, it's getting complex. Yeah. Now so tell me about these that's wolves. That's what I. That's what I think. So wolves, like how do I how do I describe a wolf? Like so this is something that I've like 
recently learned in the past two years and I find myself getting attracted to the old, that kind of like guy as well. But like how I've understood it in like the black gay community is mm-hmm. like, you know, it's that dude with the rugged beard. Yes. Like it's like a very straight faced dude, like has like hair on his chase, uh, chest, you know, a little hairy. Okay. But also like, you know, wear them Tim's, break it down. Like, yes. you know, it's, it's So some of those out. men, for those of us who are on social media, the black beard gang, some, is that, is that the kind of man you're talking about? Cause have you seen the black beard gang? It's like black men with beards all across the internet yeah. and, and also on Instagram. Some of them will be wolves. The, yes. Yeah, so exactly right. Oh yes! Find me the nearest full moon. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh. Yeah, that's no. right. <laughs> okay. Um, you I'm, got me in here. Mm. I am so here for this. So okay. So who were you having adult relations with? What tribes? Um, I was across the spectrum. Like I don't like to discriminate. There you go. Equal uh, opportunity. Yeah. Um. But I guess you also have to, so you also have to know, like, you have your, your tops, your verses, and your bottoms. So this is more of, like... Okay, so, Hope, I know what that means, but some of our listenership is going to be curious. Now, this is where the gay community gets very patriarchal to me. Okay. Uh, Oh, okay, we can smash the patriarchy, but let's start at, let's, let's start at the top. (laughs) Oh, you're funny. Pun intended. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, And all, all of those can also be combined, too. But, um, so I... I don't know. Like I used to identify as verse, but I'm definitely more verse top now. Um, definitely more top. I'm a top in my current relationship. And what does that mean? Right. So top means you pitch, you don't catch. Like you use okay. your penis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there, no, yeah, I, no, we no, got to put out there. know what time to show. Like Ooh. I'm not cursing. No, and you know what? Because um, we need these details. Yeah. How else? This is an educational. So a bottom, a bottom would be someone who catches or just uses their bill hole. Okay. Um, and then um, a verse would be someone who does both. Okay. Um, and then you have people who are like verse top. So like they'll either they'll they top either a little bit or predominantly, but also, like, bottom every now and then. And then you have your verse bottoms who, like, bottom all the time, but would sometimes top. Okay. And let me interject right here. It sounds like to me, now, you can't quote me, and I'm not, like, you know, a certified sex therapist or anything like that. Yet. Yet, you know, who knows? (laughs) Maybe I'm going to get there soon. But it sounds like to me that if you were if you are situated in only top and only bottom identities male that, female yep. that it is locked into a patriarchal kind of system of who's giving who's receiving and that as people move towards you said this when we were off air so I want us to bring it in okay. as people move towards partnership as opposed to just sexual relations or even casual dating that there becomes compromise there where you where compromise. you will be giving and receiving because that is the balance um, um or, no, or is, that, is that okay not well cool. tell me more What's yeah because you have purely bottoms who only date pure tops and tops okay. who only date purely bottoms like i think it's all dependent on who you all are within your relationship and what okay. you're willing to compromise with when it comes to sex because honestly like i feel like sex is a driving factor on my list of things i wanted a partner like that would good. make you human. Yeah, I'm like the sex ain't good. I don't know how long this is gonna last. Like, you know, okay. that was that was fun. Uh, you're you're very smart. You know? <laughs> oh, I love your. Bro. I'm attracted to you know your mental, but yeah, that's real. Uh, no, that's real. And like, I know I'm not the only person that thinks that way. Well, I'm then like, how did you transition? Um, once again, off air, you were singing a song about being a hoe. 
And, oh, and once I got, upon a time, not long ago. All right. And I got to say that we in this space, and, and we all should be in the world, we do not slut shame. We do not condemn anyone. We support consent. Oh, and then okay. After so I'll, that, I'll get PC we, on my holiness then. Yeah. Hold on. So what, so you, what so I mean we, by you, my holiness is I was a very sexually active okay. and adventurous young man. Okay. And I enjoyed it myself in my early to mid 20s. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it also makes me think, like, damn, like, am I a dog? And I feel like sometimes gay people are just like, we're just dogs. Are there, is there, okay, that is another. No, I, it's not a tribe. I'm like, literally, okay, whatever. You know how you, you women be like, men are dogs? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so imagine, like, being that dog, but then being gay. So, like, everybody's dogs. So woof, it's like, woof. Yeah. So I want to actually, I want to, <laughs> I want like, us to dig in a little bit here. So I have friends who in the past, and and this is like specifically my gay male identifying friends um, who have been like the gay community is very very sexually active, oh, and they and they have told me some stories their grinder stories about their like I was traveling I just wanted to get something before I headed to the airport I was on grinder told someone meet me here in like forty five minutes I had a couple and I was like what the hell you're digging and deep I, into and like, I was fast and I, I was really well, I was about, fascinated but... because. It seems like, I think that maybe on like the cisgender, like heteronormative side, we have for a long time seen two gay identities. One being kind of very sexually forward, um, a little promiscuous. And then we've seen the other side of gay identity, which is these deeply partnered pairings, people who are adopting children or having biological children. You know, they got, they got four kids. A dog, a cat, a goldfish. They got a chicken coop in the back, and right. they've been together for 45 years. Like, we also see that. So I think that for a lot of us, we only see those two narratives. But like all things, there's complexity in between, right? And so, I, so I'm curious to know, that seems very transactionary. How were those transactions being done in the social politics of race in Portland? Like, what does that actually? Because because oh, you already have complexity, saying. right? Yeah. So then, when you on top of that complexity, put this lens of race, what does it mean to if you are a top and you're dating a white bottom, or if you are a bottom and you're with a white man? I have I have some female friends who say they would never date a white man because they will never let a white man take what he took for centuries or for or for decades in the fields for free so so they have this like almost like this social justice nat turner not today sitting perspective and i just want to oh i just want to okay. know i was trying to hold this laugh yeah there, but, don't hold oh, that you can what laugh do you want to know ask your question because this so is making I me so know, happy like, right now okay. is that happening in the in the gay community as well did you experience that and, and and how did that kind okay. of lead you from maybe a life of more sexual adventurous so behavior said, to more sort of like maybe partnered or streamlined so behavior. You've said a lot. You, yeah, I yes, always do. You have. Okay. I'm like, I was finding your questions in that. So yeah, let's there's unpack, like 15 questions Let's there. unpack some mm-hmm. of this a little bit. First of all, you mentioned uh, like the gay community being promiscuous and um, sexually adventurous and active. Like, yeah, but I think the heterosexual community is very similar. Absolutely. Uh, so I think it's just like you guys just, uh, well, excuse me, you as heterosexual people are heterosexual people tend to think that like it, it's like easy to judge it but not understand how it's going on in their own community. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to address that first. Every, everything uh, in life is a mirror, right? Exactly. That and holds it up to yourself. And it's, uh, it's something that is, yes, 
yes, it is very complex uh, when you add that layer of race into it, especially uh, in this place. But it's not something that just uh, I so I have a story. For you. I've had a few things that have happened. Um, so one, like uh, one, some things I'm just not like ready to like on this. Like everybody always shares like pictures and news. Like that's why Snapchat was created. But uh, <laughs> it's formed into something else. But like that's something that happens on that side as well. And like it's very interesting to see that and how that that intersects with like the fetishizing of like white people with black folks Mm. um and i've had these conversations with some women uh, other black women in town when it comes to them dating white men and how that's like a sexual fantasy um but also what made me laugh so hard where you were talking about how like white women would never date a white man because they feel like, you know, like I would never let them do this thing. That they yeah, they, they are calling up the ancestors. So and I I'm feel, like, really? I felt the same. So I feel this very similar way when I used to have sex with white people. Like I used to just think in my mind, like, oh my God, like what would your great grandfather be thinking right now if they knew this was happening? Like I am tearing this shit up and like, like, oh my God, I feel like he is like rolling in his grave right now or she is like, oh man, it's like, this is like a piece of reparation. Just a tiny bit. Uh, and I just say that jokingly, but like it, it's like I always have that thought after I leave. Did you some feel of those like um, Auntie Maxine, like you were reclaiming your oh, time? Oh, not even just my time. It was just like, like the history, the yeah, narrative. It, like, but also it's like until I realized what sex meant to me, which okay. kind of happened like probably three years ago. It's like you know when you give of yourself to someone, they also give a piece of yourself to them, and that's when I started to recognize like the energy of the people I was having sex with. Okay, um, and what would transpire between the two of us but it was very interesting just to like think that sometimes it's like oh then i see you out in public and it's just like oh it's like oh whatever so Uh, what was (laughs) so what was your malcolm and mecca moment right because because you because you're saying you're talking about how you got to a place where you began to see that you're giving and you're taking you're sharing and you're leaving behind right and you and i mean which is actually a very beautiful and deeply like spiritual philosophy on sex and sexual relations and why they are important in relationships mm-hmm. and why we, no matter how we engage, whether it's for fun and for pleasure or for fun and pleasure to also feel a partnership that has an emotional and spiritual and mental connection as well. Mm-hmm. We've got to have a conversation where we're bringing it all together. Right. So what was your transition? Like, what was the moment? Like, were you mid hump and you were like, Oh my God, I think I got to just, view this interaction a little differently or did you take some time away like get off grinder like get off tinder to really find your own evolution in this and how did yeah. that bring you to where you are today well wow yeah we dr felina up in here yeah seriously i'm like man i'm like can i get an hour after this i'll pay you yeah that's um, what i can do man um no so you're um my malcolm to mecca moment um, I think that happened where, like, just some things went down that I wasn't happy with. Like, I, I was in a long-distance relationship with someone who um, lived in a different state. And that was just very interesting trying to, like, be faithful to that person, but no, you couldn't really be because, like, they're not near you or next to you. And it's someone who, like, you would only see a few months. But I really tried to make that work. Um, and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um so that made me take a step back and say, okay, well, maybe you just need to be single. Um, so I lived that life. Um, 
but I never really have been a like serial monogamous person. Like I've always enjoyed my freedom to mm-hmm. do what I wanted to do. Um, but it was really nice to like, you know, get to a point where like I'm just tired of like what you're doing. Um, like you're not really go diving deeper with any of these people. Mm-hmm. Like it's become purely sexual for you. So like, what would it be like to like? be put in a challenging situation to where you know someone you have really been having fun with doesn't want to do anything with you because they want to go to that deeper level um, and I was challenged in that way um, I've dated folks that I've really enjoyed but I think when I really hit that point where it clicked for me is I dated someone um, in town who was white but like wasn't white it was weird they were woke so no no they no let's style that back babe uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I hear they were not woke yeah, got it I don't it. even know if they like they were in that <laughs> still they're really asleep uh, but Damn. like what it was is like um, so when I say white I mean like facing looking white like Russian they were Russian oh like they were yeah. like like they were they presented as maybe yeah but ethnically a, a, a traditionally yeah, white but, but they were ethnically and culturally yeah. somewhere else okay. um, so that was very interesting um, but I went through an experience where I actually openly dated this person and there was just a lot of baggage from this was my first openly gay relationship okay um, so it was just very interesting what um, kind of baggage was here um, just like baggage from their past of like People who had cheated on them, and they brought oh, that into emotional this baggage. Yeah. Okay. So they made it seem like I was cheating on them, and I'm like, wait, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Like this is something I signed up for. Then it got to the point where I'm like, damn, I really want to cheat on you because you're getting on my nerves. Like I should just break this off. But I'm like, I'm trying mm-hmm. here. I'm trying. Um, so I did that, and then like ever since then, I started like having relationships because I'm just like, sometimes it's just too tiring doing the chase. Like yes. I'm just like, gosh, man, like I just don't want to do this anymore um the late night hookups i'm like you know i don't feel like traveling but also like i don't really need to have sex with you like i can do this on my own like Mm -hmm. i'm totally okay with that at this point in my life and it just like i took some moment to do a little bit introspection but it wasn't until um i started dating within my race that i was like you know i need to find someone who is definitely um african-american and mm-hmm. are african um, but also just a person of color that i could really vibe with because i got tired of having to have conversations with people who could say they understood but never will know like they'll never walk they'll your path. never know mm-hmm. what an experience is like being a person of color in the united states of america mm-hmm. um and it's like i had to date someone that at least understood that not just understood that but knew that could live because that, they've lived, lived that um so that's why i just like it wasn't that i wasn't physically attracted to african-american men or like just people of color i'm like i've dated that or yeah. me, i've been with that but i've also dated that in like high school um mm-hmm. so it was very interesting like just dating for men and that's when dating got interesting because i didn't really go on dates like i went out on two dates um but then um how did you find your current partner then, right? So, oh, so, so, so if you kind of had this Malcolm and Mecca moment and you transitioned, tell us really quickly how you met your partner um, and give us a little, like, takeaway, right? Like, what can we pull from your experience that can really educate us? Okay. So, uh, real fast, uh, met my current partner uh, online. Uh, what app? Grinder. Right. Uh, and then um, we, met, we met up and, like, I was really vibing with this person. Um really well um 
Really liked this person. We went out on a ton of dates. The spark was there, and then I ended up falling in love. Um, yes. And the spark still continues. Like I love this person till this day, and it's just continued to grow and get stronger, even through um, some of the mistakes. Um, but even the love outshines anything that's happened in our relationship, which continues to grow that fire as we continue to um, just grow and find our rhythm together. I want to say one thing that I would say to the folks just to wrap it all up is like just be yourself and be authentic with folks. I'm like, you know, your past is your past. Um, and people just have to think about that and be graceful as they look to what future they can have because you can have the future and the partner that you want. You awesome. just have to take that time. Awesome. All right. So I hope y'all have fun. I feel like, oh my God. Okay. A G A W B T. God. Like, we really, really got some good stuff with Dell. I mean, I don't know about you, but my mind was blown for a minute there. I thought I was at the Oregon Zoo when we were talking about all the different types of identities within the subculture. I was like, oh, I, I was surprised somebody wasn't like an alligator, a unicorn, a hippopotamus, a gorilla. I thought we were about to roll into Noah's Ark up in here. So I was really excited to get some of those details. I was like, oh, juicy like a delicious plump steak i don't even eat meat so i'm just giving y'all an analogy so maybe more like a very nice juicy lentil loaf um but with that in mind i think that we really had i know i learned a lot let me tell you what some of my takeaways were some of my takeaways were that um what the straights and what the gays are doing is identical okay I think that we have gotten to a place in our dating culture that is um, quite transactionary. And I, and I don't say that with any judgment, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I think that we're just in a place where we're able to have that kind of transactionary sort of engagement with one another due to technological advancement that has made it feasible for us to do so. But I do think that we run a risk here. And the risk isn't, you know, some people might say it's promiscuity, it's looseness, it's whatever. You're not going to hear me say any of those words. But what I will say is I think that what we're forgetting or what we're not um, remembering as we engage in transactional relationships of any kind, by the way, not just romantic or sexual, but also platonic and a surface, is that sometimes we lose our energy there. Um, I think Dell made a really great point in his you know, as I was calling it, Malcolm in Mecca moment, is when he realized that he was giving an energy and taking an energy and he grew tired of it because it wasn't rewarding. The What he was receiving and what he was giving was not equitable. And then there were also some folks who wanted more. They personally wanted to see um, a more emotional sort of connection before a physical connection and it really challenged his perspective so I know that that really resonated with me because I think that when we talk about the culture of young people and when I say young people I'm going to say anybody under the age of um, 47 50 I think that that's 
that's youth today. If baby boomers keep living, they're going to be 95 before we know it. But um, I think that when we look at it in that way, we've, we, he, you know, have got to really introspect. I think Dell really opened up some concepts that we're going to talk about in some future shows. We're really going to dig in deep about this idea. He, you know, he said it. He was like, he didn't think of himself as a self-prescribed monogamous. He wanted his freedom, his liberty. And once again, no judgment. I, I support all of that. If you're monogamous, good for you. If you're polyamorous, good for you. If you're unidentifying in either way, you just want to be free and be a person, good for you. Um, there's a space and a place for all of it and for all of those folks to find love or find companionship or whatever they want. And I think that that's what that session we just had really gave me is a deeper understanding of what people's evolutions are and how there's such a deep and profound human human element there. There's a deep humanity that resonates with all of us, regardless of how we identify. Um, and that, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun in how we all kind of live and explore and also in sharing that information with each other. So I hope that in this session that we just had, y'all were really vibing. Dell was fun. We were having a good time in here. We were cracking up. We were laughing into our elbows, um, trying not to make too much noise and keep the sound quality high and clear. So we had a really good time and I hope you learned. I know I learned and that's the point of, uh, podcasts like this is we want to have a good time but we also want to grow and we want to share in that knowledge with each other as a community um, especially as a community of black and brown people in a city like portland there are not many of us and we got to really make a point to understand each other's stories and understand each other's struggles and find um family there and so that's what i hope we did today and i look forward to the upcoming show i want to tell y'all to like peep this on your um bookmark this do whatever you need to do come back and listen with us next week we will have another delicious morsel of guests and we will just really dig in deep and explore living loving and dating while black in america's whitest city